Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerd Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with John Garcia, the creator and developer behind the upcoming game Friday Night 1998, here to promote its 2024 spring release. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for reaching out to <laughs> us, and thank you for joining us today. But um, outside of my introduction, who is John Garcia in his own words? Um, I am a illustrator turned advertising person turned game developer and i kind of just i like to say i'm a great collaborator i work with filmmakers to help them with graphic design stuff uh, my day jobs as a learning designer for a place called torchy's tacos here in austin and they're growing so i have a lot of different i use my design skills for a lot of different uh, avenues and I'm an illustrator, you know, as a kid, I think everyone starts off doing art and I kind of just, it evolved from doing illustrations to retro video game pixel art, which kind of combined with my love of storytelling. And then that turned into like, why not make a game? And the way it's built now, it's easier than ever to to build an indie game. And and all my collaborators, all these people I've worked with, I'm calling in a lot of favors from musicians and, and writers and stuff to help me. So it says solo developing, but that's never really the case. If you're, you know, if you're a solo person, you do count on a lot of people to help you mm-hmm. with the skills they have. So yeah, I just, the guy who basically followed my dad's advice of just do things you like and make friends along the way. And uh, that's helped me out so far. So yeah. Yeah, so speaking of your your indie game, um, Friday Night 1998, what is it actually about? So it's a it's one of those retro inspired, it's a pixel art 8-bit video game. It's more of a, I guess how it would be described as a cozy game. So it's more about the story than like, you know, your reflexes or like Mega Man or Mario. It's more like, I like to describe it's kind of like an indie movie you can play. It's about relationships. There's a story. You're basically a kid on a Friday night in this small town, and he's going out on the town. And I was trying to recapture that feeling a lot of us have when we're in high school as teenagers of, like, when you're going out, you don't really know what's going to happen. You kind of just have the world at your feet. You're not really dealing with, when you get older, you're worrying about your bills and your taxes and going to bar. When you're a kid, you're kind of just searching for anything to do. You're trying to see where your friends are. So that's pretty much the game. You start in his bedroom and then you explore this town. And it's a town that's kind of based off of where I grew up in West Texas and all of the uh, good and bad that comes with that. Uh, Anyone who knows Texas is, it's, it's got its ups and downs. There's really good people and there's really not good people. So it kind of explores that in, in a lot of ways. And it's it's based off, you know, it's kind of a love letter to the town. It's a love letter to friends I used to have, a love letter to friends I have now. Um, I'm kind of see, I, I always joke that it's my midlife crisis is making this video game because I can't afford a sports car. <laughs> yeah, I saw the trailer on your website for the um for the game and I I liked it just from watching the trailer itself. Um I was in 1988 I was I was seven, but I do remember like going to the blockbuster and finding trying to find a movie to watch, you know, for the weekend. And my high school days, you know, as you mentioned, we're just trying to find stuff to do because we're not old enough. A lot of us don't we might have our driver's license, but we don't have a car. Um <laughs> 
or we can't use the car anymore because we were, you know, our privileges were revoked and and we're not old enough to drink. You know, some of us are still drinking, even though we're not old enough. Yeah. We still have to like find something to do, you know, on a Friday night because your parents don't want to be bothered with you anymore. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I, I don't I definitely get the vibes from that. But I saw a lot of the I guess I guess it would be considered retro at this point, a lot of the retro <laughs> like pop culture type of things, which I really like too. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely, it's 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 I guess it's for those people who like you know when we're teenagers we're treated like adults but not really like we can go out but we can't really do anything, mm-hmm. and yeah it hits on that retro vibe of exactly so if you're seven in 1998 that was like how old my little brother and sister were because mm-hmm. I was way older than them so their experience of that too like I I count on them I'll hey like hey do you remember what I was like in high school they're like yeah you were this way and this way and this way and do you remember me taking you to the video so they're like oh yeah I remember we take forever to pick out a video again so basically it's 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 all that and and it's like packaged in what I used to love as a kid was playing Mario and all the old NES games and so that's kind of where the whole it came together in that way is um and it really kind of just started from when I was illustrating I was uh doing the pixel art but I was just doing like little scenes so I you know when COVID happened I did this little animation of um just me and my wife sitting in a living room watching tv with our pets and it just put some music a lighting animation I was like oh there's a story here and then I did a few more and a few more. And I'm like, oh, there's like little stories here. But the background, like you see the posters, you see, you know, the the spilled over chips or whatever. And you're like, there's stories in all these little spots. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned most from making this is I, I was an illustrator and a traditional illustrator. And I hated drawing backgrounds. Like I hated drawing backgrounds. I just, it didn't work for me. I like drawing characters. But then working on this game, I got a love of, creating backgrounds and creating worlds and it was just finding the right way to do it so it's there's a level in my game that's a convenience store so it's hey why is it the cell's not stopped why is this window broken and it's just building all these little things that people notice and that was I think one of the best things that came out of it was it turned something I hated into something I love doing now is Mm -hmm. backgrounds (laughs) yeah I think little details like that make it a character in itself in a way, the location, the character in itself, and it gives it its charm, its bit of like grittiness. Like this is this is a convenience store, and this is like maybe not in the middle of the night, but it's late at night. So what does that look like? Something you may not notice during the daytime because it's all the hustle and bustle. But at <laughs> night, you would notice the broken window. You would notice, you know, whatever else in the store. You know, that is only one employee and. The lights are flickering. They need to fix the mm-hmm. light bulb or something, something like that. So it definitely adds character to this inanimate object, this convenience store in this instance. Yeah, and I found like I would add little touches from like my remembering stuff as a teenager. So there was a convenience store, and it always had this one light in the back that would just flicker, and it just flickered for like five years. And we would always joke in school about the flickering. When we talked about it, we'd be like, hey, the flickering light's still there. It was kind of just this thing that we all knew. And it was not even like a big deal. It was just like everyone knew the flickering light mm-hmm. at this convenience. Like, oh, you don't go back there. That's the bad part of the convenience store. That was the joke. You don't go to that, that part. That's what the non-name brand stuff is. Like, you don't go to that part. And there was just this stupid joke that took on 
a huge life. And I think that's the stuff you remember as you get older is just these little things that you're like, I cannot believe I remember. I remember that. Uh (laughs) So I remember reading on your site that you have degrees in communication and psychology. So how has your education affected your creative process as an artist? So communication, you kind of learn that the best thing I learned from that was that everyone learns a different way. There's some people who are visual learners. There's some people who need step-by-step. Um, it, it really helped me to figure out how to, because I think what we all do when, we, when we're growing up is we're trying to express ourselves in one way or another. Some people are writers, some people are artists, some people are really good speakers. Some people, you know, are good at teaching. Everyone has these things of how they communicate best. And then the psychology aspect of it just taught me to consider other people a lot more because everyone acts away because of something, like something happened to them or just we're all built on these little things. And I guess psychology, it was very analytical, but it taught me more empathy and to think um, think outwardly and think of the, the end user which helps me in my day job a lot because I'm doing a lot of design work that's like for training people. So I have to look at it from, if you're in a busy kitchen working, how is this going to help you? A lot of words is not going to help you. You need visuals, you need stuff like that. So it really just taught me to really be thoughtful of how I'm communicating stuff like and visually and how it's like in a film when the color grade is a certain color, it's supposed to evoke a mood, you know, if it's more blue, maybe more somber, if it's for some reason, I don't know why it, my friends knows this Mexico and every movie is yellow for some reason. I don't know why, but there's just these little things we do to evoke mood, like color design, color theory. Um, and that's what the design all of it comes in. It's like red makes people a little angry, but it also energizes you. Blue can make you sad, but it can also, you know, ground you. So there's different, you know, you learn all these different layers. And I did common sight because I didn't want to take, I I loved art, but I didn't want to take classes on it. I didn't want to start hating it. And psychology was always just something I I loved in high school and I needed to take a minor because I was, they told me the first two years, you'll figure it out. I didn't figure it out. I did all the stuff and I was like, okay, I need to just pick something, sound the most interesting. And I wound up loving it. Mm -hmm. So I use it every day and it's, um, you know, I would say school is, was great. I lucked out in that the school I went to was a small school and I don't have loans right now. I would say, you know, if whatever you find out you're going to do, there's always a way to figure it out. Sometimes it's not getting a piece of paper. Sometimes it's, you know, meeting people like you who can teach you practical skills and stuff like that. Because all the art I learned was from like all the techniques I've learned recently, YouTubers, other YouTubers, like people way younger than me who just know stuff. And I, I think that's, you know, uh, the collaboration aspect of that is what's really been helping me as I've kept progressing in my journey now. Yeah, I think you learn more by doing it in regards to, well, pretty much with everything in life, you learn more by doing it, um, but definitely with with art. And I've never heard of it from that perspective that you didn't want to take art in school because you didn't want to hate it. Mostly you would want to take it because you love it so much, but then that's what I did. And I, you know, like hating it a lot of times. Like I just hate it. I was like, I'm doing so much. It's kind of taking all the joy out of it. So that's, that's, that's a new thing. I've never heard of it before. So anybody's listening and 
thinking of going to school for art, you may not want to do that. You may want to do something else and use that what you're learning, that education, and put it in your art so you don't hate it. The advice I'd give any creative is um, if you're ever going to take a class, basic business and accounting, if only because that's the thing I see a lot of creative struggle with is getting paid what they're worth and not getting, you know, messed up on like stupid things like taxes and then using it to benefit you. It sounds really weird, but using it to benefit yourself, you can write off a lot of things, your computer, where you work, you can write off so many things if you're actively trying to pursue a career. Mm-hmm. And it takes a little knowledge. A lot of the knowledge is just not given to us. It's just not out there. Mm-hmm. And as I've been pursuing it and doing my own taxes and doing all this other stuff, I'm like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. I just got um, a grant. I didn't know there was grants for uh, Latino video game makers, but there was one. And I got I got some money to go towards my game. Did not know that was out there. It's just you have to be proactive in looking mm-hmm. for you know ev- everything you do. There's someone out there who wants to help you, who wants to support you. You just have to look and not be afraid to ask for help. That's the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also read on your website that you are, I guess, uninspired by your, I guess, high school baseball coach who was also an art teacher um, to continue with art. So you kind of like put it away, but then you return to it when you got older, um, obviously, because you're an illustrator now. But um, as an adult, has there ever been a time or multiple times when you wanted to give up on art again? If so, what did you or someone else say to help um, persuade you to continue? I think not as an adult, the 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 motivation is more it it's mine and mine alone. I'm realizing every day uh, if I don't finish this game, no one's going to make me. I want to tell this story. I want to do it. And I always tell people it's okay to work on something and then not necessarily like say you want to shift, say you're not in love with it anymore. If you're writing a book or working on something and you just fall out of love with it, the worst thing you can do for it and yourself is just plug away at it. Sometimes it evolves into something else. Mm-hmm. I used to do the past five years, like five years ago, I had a thing, it was a daily sketch. I did a new drawing every day and I did it for like three years straight. Pretty much I missed hit every day I would do a new drawing, full color, everything. Uh, if you go on my Instagram, you can see if you go back, it's way different than what it is now. And then one day I kind of just stopped because I evolved, I moved towards the pixel art stuff. And that was what was giving me joy. And people were like, where's the daily drawings? I'm like, ah, I kind of stopped doing it. Like, oh, I really liked them. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it stopped being fun. It started being a chore. Mm-hmm. I got all I could out of it. I might come back to it one day. But right now, I'm really all about this pixel art. And now it's all about the game. And I think it, it, one of the best things you can do is not be afraid to give up on something. Because if you're not passionate about it, we only have so many hours mm-hmm. a day. We only have so many days in our lives. And it's it's one of those things. I don't know if you've ever done something where you go somewhere and you just leave after 10 minutes. Like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to leave. Like, I don't have time. I like, I do it all the time. People, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> some people can't. Some people are like, well, I showed up. I'm obligated. I'm like, no, you really don't. Like, you can, you can, you're a grown up. You're not like a teenager on Friday night where you're so limited in what you're doing. You're an adult. You can do, you can stop doing stuff. And I think sometimes, I wouldn't say giving up. I'd say moving on. Because you're going to, whatever you worked on, and if 
it, you didn't take it to the end, you're probably learned something from that regardless. You learn from failures. You learn from stuff. You might have like, oh, man, I learned a technique, but I don't like doing it here. I think I can take it somewhere else. I think the point is to just always have a project, and that goes for anybody. It's always nice to have something to work on, whether it be like I have friends who make who do Legos, and they love it, and the stuff they make is incredible. I have friends who just journal every day. I have you know friends who their big thing is working out but it's a thing they're passionate about and it keeps them going every day and they're accountable for it. And it's just for you. And it's okay. Sometimes if something is just for you, mm. like my game is my personal story. It's a story I want to tell. I'm making the game for me. I get suggestions from people, but at the end of the day, if I don't love it when it comes out, then I didn't do it justice. And it's not what I want. I hate, you know, the worst thing you say is like, wish I would have done that differently. wish I would have listened to my gut. And mm -hmm. usually your gut's right all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to um, touch on about um, Friday night, uh, 1998, that we missed as a whole? Like, I know, I think you said on your website that it's supposed to be out, what, like March of 2024 or something like that, right? So the, the plan right now is I'm working on it. And in Austin in July, there's a big fest here called Classic Game Fest. Mm -hmm. um, the demo will be out by then. That's the plan. That's where my project thing is right now. So if you're in Austin and you, there's, it's, it's really cool if you're into retro games. It's called Classic Game Fest. It's really, really, really cool. There's arcades, there's shows, there's a bunch of vendors. It's like just a fun, granted, Austin in July, not, not the funnest, not, not the best, but you know. There's pools everywhere, but it's um, it's a really fun time, and that's kind of the deadline I've given myself because I was kind of spinning my wheels doing stuff, and now that I have a, a date where I'm showing this thing, I have a, like, okay, I need to at least have the demo ready to go for all that. So, uh, yeah, July in Austin, Classic Game Fest, uh, there should be the working demo, and then hopefully by the end of the year, it'll be uh, out and about. So that's the rough plan right now. Cool. And um, what about the... Uh music collaborator that you work with the uk artist um bloom slash pool yeah bloom pool. He, yeah that's that's another i'll use that as an example of just reaching out mm -hmm. uh during the pandemic you know listening to a ton of music found this guy on on youtube he's from the uk his name's liam he goes by uh, bloom pool he plays this really he, he did a lot of covers of some of my favorite songs he plays his own original ambient music i just commented once on his video man hey i dig this i really like it kept hearing subscribe to him listen to him listen to him listen to him and then i used one of his songs on an animation i did he liked it i did some animation for a video uh he he made i asked him hey would you would you mind doing a couple songs he wrote two of the songs for my game and I've never met the guy, but you know, he's, I, I consider him a friend. Hmm. And again, it's just one of those things where if you like someone's work, tell them, I mean, even everyone loves to hear that their, their work is good. Like I reached out to you because I saw your videos. I saw what you're making. You were on threads, reaching out to other creators. And I'm like, yeah, we have to do that. It's so, it's sometimes it's so lonely sitting in your room, drawing or writing. But when you talk to other creators and people who you admire and respect and make new friends, that's a whole new avenue of something that could lead to a job or a, a you know collaboration with someone. Maybe you meet a musician. Maybe you're 
designing their album cover one day. It's just, and it just feels really good to to support people who are trying and are talented and might not get the eyes they want because, like I said, it it just it's it, anytime I get a comment on something, I always try to respond and just say, hey man, thanks. What are you working on? Let me see what you're working on because that's really you know we're we're all just people like us. We're all just kind of like nerdy kids who love what we love and that's mm-hmm. those are people who are passionate about things are some of the most interesting people you've ever talked to and I, I as I'm an introverted person naturally but that gets me going that's mm-hmm. what make me talk that's what bring me out of my shell so that was uh yeah Bloompool he's he's awesome check him out he's man he's such a talented musician I, I love working with him can't wait to see where he goes cool so where can people find you online, John? And are there any other projects that are, are coming up that you're collaborating on? Because I know you work with like indie filmmakers and whatnot as well. I am. So the big project other than my game is I'm actually doing uh, gra- motion graphics and some credit designs for an upcoming movie called The Unexpecteds. It's an independent uh, comedy, action comedy. And it stars uh, Matt Walsh, who people might know from the movie Veep. And it's directed by uh, Alejandro Montoya Marin. He's a, a Latino filmmaker. Um, he was actually on that TV show, Rebel Without a Crew, where he was challenged to make a feature film in 14 days for seven grand. And I actually helped him on that. We met back in, when I lived in Albuquerque, a fellow filmmaker when I was doing more film stuff. And I've done... Um, he has a movie out called Millennium Bugs, which is a nineteen a nineteen ninety nine based movie. I did a lot of the graphic design on that movie, and so I would tell people check out Millennium Bugs. It's on iTunes. It's on Plex for free. Uh, the Unexpected. Keep an eye out for it. That's coming out uh, sometime next year, and then my game. Um, but you can follow me on. I'm on Threads and Instagram are my most active. It's uh, Rocker John R O K R J O N. And that's where you can find me most active and where I'm talking to people and doing stuff. And sometimes I'll do TikTok stuff when I when I can you know try to muster up the the time because those are those are a little more time consuming. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's where you can find all my stuff. But definitely, uh, if you're into if you're into movies and 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 music, you know, please follow me and and talk chat. I love talking to people online. Great. Well, again, I want to thank John Garcia, the creator and developer behind the upcoming game Friday Night 1998 for joining us here today to promote its 2024 spring release. All of John's socials and website, as he just mentioned, will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested on updates about Friday Night 1998. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbook Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.